0: Learn more at marines.com. All right, welcome into episode number 149 of the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. I have a special guest, also a Philadelphia fan, which is always a good thing. Um, I mean, I guess a good thing. It's it's a lot more stressful to be a Philadelphia fan, but um, we have that in common. So uh, I'm joined by Alex. She watched the game yesterday. How? How are you feeling? I mean, back in the win column, but it wasn't, I don't think what we expected it to be, but it's a win.
1: Um, I mean, frustrated, I think is the first, first word that comes to mind Um, just because they kept saying like with all the interviews that Nick's done and Jalen's done about, you know, we have to fix these things, fix these things. And this was supposed to be what everybody says, the get right game. And they barely beat the giants because of the, constant mistakes that they're still making and that they've been making all season. So it yeah, it's great that you got to win, but this game was supposed to be marked as a win and it wasn't supposed to be that challenging. And now it just kind of, you know, you still have two more weeks that so you have to win these next two games proceeding in the playoff and you got to face the Giants again. So definitely frustrated and still a level of concern
0: for the team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you really look at it, they the Giants were like – it came down to the last play. I mean, like, ultimately, if they throw – if Tyrod Taylor throws that ball in there and they get a touchdown, who's to say they don't get the two-point? And then you're in overtime, you know, with the the then five and nine Giants. Like, come on. This is like – for a team that started out so great and then obviously to lose, like, the, the three games in a row that they have, it's like – I'm not going to say they're a shell of themselves because like they've been kind of winning like this all year long. If you really look at the other games like the Bills game, the Chiefs game, there's plenty of examples. But then there was there was like the Dolphins game where it's like, OK, this team is really good. You thought. And then now it's like, are, did we set the bar too high coming off of the Super Bowl? Like, I think Howie Roseman doesn't particularly address like the linebacker position well enough at all like if you look at the teams like the 49ers the Cowboys and the uh the Ravens like they have elite linebackers we have like not even one good i wouldn't even say one great linebacker like so i think there's like gaping holes on this team where they they definitely build in the trenches well like the offensive and defensive line but outside of that like if the defensive line that that's one thing i wanted to touch on with you before we switch to the offense like if this defensive line doesn't get pressure, it's like it's terrifying. Because I mean, we saw—I mean, we saw Tommy DeVito at times pick this defense apart, and then Tyrod Taylor. Like these aren't great quarterbacks at all. Like this is not; <laughs> these guys aren't even close to the best quarterbacks in the league, and they still find a way to like pick us apart all over the field in the passing game. Yeah,
1: you know, I think like, and I think that's where a lot of my concern comes in, at least on that side of the ball, because we knew the personnel on the defensive side of the goal wasn't going to be as good as it was last year. And they, they were fine with that. They invested a lot of money into that defensive line. They paid a lot of those guys, let some other guys walk like CJGJ, who they should have in my opinion, in my opinion. But, um, but at the same time, we knew that that was going to be an issue, but they were like, they invested so much in the defensive line knowing that that was going to be their strength. And the fact that the giants who have let up the most sacks, in the whole league this year and I think I mean I definitely know they got one maybe two sacks on somebody who's been sacked constantly all year so that's concerning for me because the whole defense is built around getting that pressure on the quarterback so that the secondary doesn't get burnt and right now it's not happening and I think that's why the defense is getting lit up the way that it is but I I don't know why these guys aren't getting to the quarterback it's they're line hasn't changed all that much because now you have Davis who's been there for, this is now his second year. And then you have Carter who's essentially the same person that we lost in heart, right? So I don't understand why they're not getting to the quarterback, but who knows, maybe, maybe Howie will focus a little bit more on linebackers in the next couple of years, which I know a lot of people are talking about, maybe, you know, as far as drafting, that's where he'll look more rather than the defensive line. But yeah, that's, that's more so my concern right now is they put so much money on that line and that's the only part of the defense that's supposed to be decent. And right now it's it's subpar.
0: Yeah, yeah, subpar to say the least. And like without Slay, I mean, that's a, that's a big loss, but there's even times where I'm watching him and it's like, yeah, his stats are good. Like he's one of those guys that like he'll make pro bowls and things like that, but he'll get like exposed, I think at times. So it's like my confidence level like watching that ravens 49ers team and i've or 49ers game i've been kind of like big on the ravens all year I, I just think on both sides of the ball they're they can just do damage and like watching that game like and the way that they dominated the 49ers and the fact that the like i know it's a week to week league but like the way they went out there dominated the 49ers and the the way the do, the 49ers dominated us it's like Oh, my God. Like, how far – it feels like how far away from great is this team now because, like, we're barely beating the Giants. You know, we lose to Drew Locke on a game-winning drive. It's like, okay, this 11-4 and four is great and all, and, like, there people keep saying, you know, a lot of teams would trade to be in our position, and I, I totally get that, and I agree. But even, like, that Jalen Hurts interception, you know, thrown to, to Dallas Goddard where he, threw, where he fell down, yeah, stuff like that's going to happen, but it's like – I mean to play the Giants again like in in the Meadowlands I'm almost like I, that's not a guarantee win to me like the way this team's playing right now I still think like people are are you know kind of sounding the alarm on the on the Cardinals game a little bit the next game I I don't quite feel that way but I mean any given Sunday and like this team just doesn't inspire you to be like fully confident in them I mean like I said all year it's been like down to the wire, they're losing at halftime and they got to come back. It's like, they just don't seem to be clicking. And like, what do you think? Is it more like, I think on defense, you can blame the personnel, maybe the coaching just as much. Cause now we've seen Matt Patricia be inserted for Sean Desai. but on the offense, I'm like, look, you have all the talent in the world to make this happen. Like, is it coaching? Is it Jalen regressing? Like, what do you, where do you think that's at?
1: So, Since you mentioned the Ravens San Francisco game, the only thing I'm going to say about that game is when I watched that last night, the one play that I can't remember which player it was, one of the interceptions the Ravens had. The one guy got flattened by Christian McCaffrey. There was a flag drawn on that. And he still gets up to get the deflection and get the interception. And all I'm thinking when, when I was watching that, I was like, why can we not get players like that? They're not playing with any heart right now. And I think that's part of the issue, but it was just the effort to like fully be flat and like that, you know, you already got the flag and the dude still got up and was running around looking for the football. Like just that kind of playing is not, it doesn't seem like that's translating to our team. That type of effort isn't there. That Um, the, Maybe it's heart. I don't know, but something, whether it's coaching, whether it's, the team chemistry, something's not getting across that they're they're not playing the way that other teams are playing, like the way that hard teams play. And so I think that's part of the issue. Um, I personally don't think Jalen's regressing. Um, I think he's playing too much hero ball. It seems like he's trying to do too much. So, like the big thing last night that everybody's talking about at the second half when he or sorry, second quarter, when he should have gone out. And he stayed in bounds, and there was only like four seconds left and we got bailed out because the giants took that penalty. And I think like watching him do that, like, like I've heard other people's opinions and they're like, Oh, like he was just getting greedy wanted to get more yards. And I'm like, I don't like, I don't think he was necessarily being greedy, but I saw that as he feels like he has to do too much all the time. And I think it's making him make rash decisions which he's been doing all year. And I think that was a perfect example of it. He felt like he had to pick up the team on his back in that situation and had to go in for the touchdown. Cause he knew if he went out of bounds there, you knew they're kicking the field goal. You know, you're not getting the seven points. So I think in that situation and similar situations to that, he's pressing a little too hard in situations that he shouldn't be instead of just making the smart move, taking the points, things like that um and I think it's just because the way that the game is being managed on the offensive side of the ball it's just it's not clean and I think it's it's making him making decisions where he's just like in a panic so that's that's how I feel about Jalen I don't think he's regressing it's just that the way that the offense is being run and like the other thing that bothers me is like a lot of people have been like oh, well, they're probably trying to simplify the offense so that it's easier for Jalen and he can handle it. And Because I know other people are like, he can't read a defense. They're trying not to make it too complex for him. Last year, when we had a complex offense, and there was so much movement, which we don't have anymore, he was having his best season ever. He was having an MVP season, when he had the most complex type of offense that he was playing in, in his three years now in the NFL. So if you're telling me that they simplified the offense for him, that's that like, doesn't make any sense because he played way better when there was way more complexity to him than now when he only has three guys that he's allowed to target. So I, I have a feeling that it's who's designing the offense does not have that much creativity to it. Um, more so than Jalen not being able to perform.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I I think you you hit the hammer on the head or the hammer on the nail on that. So, because I I agree with you. I sometimes I do think he gets like hero ball is one way to put it. I think he gets locked onto like one guy, and and maybe it's like the AJ Brown problem that they're having, where it's like he's bitching, moaning, and complaining. Like, give me the ball. Cause you've seen him on the sideline do it a couple of times. He's like in Jalen hurts face. And like, then yesterday he makes the comments, like, I'm not going to speak after if if I'm, if I do speak, it's not going to be a good thing. Like, okay, man, you're kind of making it, uh, it. See where I took, I took a problem to that was they won the game. Like, okay, I get, you're not happy. You're taking hits that you shouldn't be this that and the third like but you got to talk to the coaching staff and, and everybody on the team involved in that like behind closed doors don't now now you've like made it about you you've now like said oh, I'm not going to talk like just you could say I'm not happy with how we played like Devontae Smith kind of said that yesterday you know we're not I'm not exactly happy we got the win but we're not we're not playing our best ball that's 100% I agree with that but I, I just feel like between him slay like there's some other people on this team where is it really about because like slay was coming at seth joiner because seth joiner made comments that i thought were valid because after that dallas game i i thought nobody wanted to tackle like i felt the same way it was like okay these guys like you pointed out how hungry the ravens looked last night like i would say the same thing like i watched the eagles it's like we kind of let teams come to us like we're like all right we're gonna just give you a little bit and like some of that scheme i understand that but other, other parts of that, I think are will and like heart as well. So I don't know. Like, I, I think this team has a lot of, for an 11 and a four team, like, and like, I'm sure you've seen Eagles teams such as I like that are winning three, four, five, six games a year. This doesn't feel at all to me like 11, like an 11 and four team. No, I
1: totally agree. And like, it's just, AJ has been complaining a lot this year, obviously. We've seen things happening on the sidelines and, you know, whatever was going on last night with Nick yelling at everybody. But I, for a while, I felt like AJ was in the wrong with how he was acting and assuming that, you know, he was complaining about not getting the ball and, and things like that. Um, but at the same time, like, something I came to realize was – There was no, like, real audio of him on the sideline, like, actually visibly, like, hearing him say, like, give me the ball, I'm not getting the ball. Like, those types of things coming out of his mouth, per se. He was obviously yelling something, something he was not happy with, don't know what. But at the same time, like, what really made me start to question, like, you know, is it AJ or is it something else, is when Devontae actually spoke up. Because Devontae, like – everybody loves his demeanor like he he's just very like well-spoken like he's always a team player but for Devontae to say the things that he said last night versus like he hasn't said anything like that all season about being so upset and things like that and Devontae doesn't speak with as much I'm trying to think like like AJ is like very intense in the way that he talks Devontae a little bit more relaxed and reserved in the way that he speaks but last night he was very matter of fact he was like No, I'm not happy. We're winning, and I'm not happy. And for him to say it like that, it made me go, okay, Devontae's not happy. AJ's not happy. Jalen never looks happy. So it was (laughs) one of these things that I'm like, maybe it's not AJ. And so I, I looked up his stats because I was curious from last year versus this year. He already has more targets this year than he did last year. So I really – and the and his yardage is almost about the same, maybe off by 100 yards difference. Um, but I don't think he's complaining about getting targets. He's getting more targets this year than he did last year. So I just – I don't think he's complaining about getting targets. I think he's complaining about the way that he's being utilized in the game plan because, frankly, the routes that they're calling or the passes that they're calling don't make sense. They're either throwing deep to him in double coverage – they're hardly using the middle of the field, especially with him in motion. A.J. Brown is very good in motion because he has the ability to catch on the run and then explode up the field. They're not using him in that way. And I think, you know, and even if you look at the catch he had last night where he had to jump up for it, and he but he was flat-footed when he was waiting for the ball, and he got popped. And I think there's been too many times this year that as soon as he's catching a pass, he's getting popped immediately and can't have any yards after the catch. I think that's the issue is that, He's not happy with the routes that are being called or the type of plays that are being called. And that is affecting his gameplay because he can't run down the field. He's getting hit constantly. So now I'm starting to think it's not more so him being mad at his targets or how he fits into the offense. I think he's being mad about what's being called and how he's being utilized, because I think we all know there's way better options to use him than how he's being used right now.
0: That's yeah. Once again, like I, I have to agree because like if you watch, if you listen to a lot of the post game shows, whether it's the one on NBC Sports or like um, the one on I think it's called Jacob Sports or something like that, like they they always touch on the fact that this offense like is very predictable. Like we already said, it's like the, it, another thing that just drives me insane is like how much talent they do have on this team. And like how how like you said they're not being utilized in the right way. Like I still think, like DeAndre Swift could be like top five, maybe top. I mean, maybe not top five, but top ten running back in the league. Like wh- behind this offensive line that can can run block so well, it's like as soon as we get the run game going at a consistent level or like consistent game, like. You, first half let's say the the run game's working they'll abandon it like in the entire second half like they won't even revisit it they'll maybe run the ball three or four times they'll just sprinkle it in like it it's mind-blowing to me that like these coaches and like not to take a shot at like saying Sirianni like doesn't have a brain or something but it's like they sit there you know hours upon hours like this is their job and like they watch other I'm sure they watch other games they see other teams how they address things and then they come out it just it reminds me like when you were talking about how Jalen Hurts is playing hero ball it's almost like I hate to say it but it reminds me like Carson Wentz sometimes because it's like he'll like Jalen Hurts will throw into like triple coverage if it if it means like getting a 40-yard completion and I'm like dude like take what they're giving you you know what I mean like there was a a picture in Dallas when um or no, I think it was in Seattle when like Kenny Gainwell was like wide open in the middle of the field and like Jalen Hurts is just like loading it up to like throw it downfield. And I think that's where he got picked off to like lose the game and like all, if he would have got Kenny Gainwell in space there, they could have kicked the field goal and tied the game. Who knows what would have happened? It's just like, I, I'm not going to say this team lacks common sense, but sometimes it is that simple. Like there are things that they could do just differently and, I think this offense would look a lot better. Like you said, like when's the last time we've seen like AJ Brown in motion this year? I can't even like remember.
1: I think actually he had one one catch last night that that happened, and it was over the middle of the field, and it was for a gain of like 15 yards and a first down. They had two. They had two plays like that last night. One was to Devonte, and one was to AJ Brown, and they were both over the middle um, and in motion. And Jalen hit them on a dime with a pass too. had the perfect touch, got him right in the chest. Like it was, it was almost like he was better at throwing to them in motion than when they're running around and have to stop and turn around for, like, I don't understand why they don't use motion at all. When last year's offense was all based around motion and had so many moving parts to it. And, and they just, they don't do that anymore. And like, when I saw, when I saw them do that last night with AJ, Like, me and my family were watching, we are like, oh, my God, finally, AJ had a catch in motion, and it went for (laughs) 15 yards, like, because that's what he's good at, especially if he doesn't have to stop for the ball and he can just continue running. Like, he can run for miles, so the fact that they're making him run these routes, that he's not in motion, that he has to stop for the ball, and then he's constantly getting hit, like, that's just not his best way to get utilized, so so it happened once last night, and it worked really well, and they didn't do it again.
0: <laughs> that's a, that's a great observation because, like, I can't even I can't even remember it. So, like, I don't know. It's like we like I kind of talk about like it's any given Sunday that like, these things can happen, but the fact that like last week really had me like re- you know that was where like all the air out of the balloon came because okay they lost two in a row, good teams. I can kind of accept that. Not it's it's to me it's more so like how they lost. It's not like if they ran Dallas to the wire and they, you know, they lose by a touchdown or they lose by a field goal in Dallas, I wouldn't be that mad. Dallas is a good team. Obviously, they play us hard every single time. We already took one game from them earlier this year. But like the fact that like they're barely escaping the Giants now. And like they lost to the Seahawks with Drew Locke, I'm just like my panic, my my expectation level has now like dropped. Like it's like, okay, we are a Super Bowl contending team. I don't think, I just don't believe. Like this might sound super like just negative, but I'm just trying to be real. It's it's I don't believe this team is gonna compete for a Super Bowl this season. Like I I just think it's the coaching. It's too many holes. It's players at times. Like I, you can put it on any three of those things, and like you you wouldn't be wrong in my opinion. Like. Do you think it's fair to say, like, I'm not going to say they have no shot because they're a playoff team and they can turn it around, but right now, like, gut feeling, gut check, I have no – I have, like, maybe 10% chance that they make the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I mean, not not with the way that they're playing right now. And it's hard to say, too, without knowing, like, the final seeding and everything. Cause like normally at this point in the year, we're all like, okay, like we know like so and so has the first seed or like this person's gonna have a rogue game. Like everybody's so neck and neck right now. Like it's like we could be playing four different teams and we have no idea who we're gonna be playing. So it's really hard for me to say right now how far I think they're gonna go the way that they're playing right now, and if it doesn't get cleaned up at all, which at this point I don't know that it will. Um, they're not, they're not going to get that far and not even because they're not talented because certain parts of their team are extremely talented, especially in the offensive side of the ball. But the way that the team is playing right now, which this, this aspect in particular, I put on coaching, the team is very undisciplined. Um, and they're not, they're not playing with good football IQ. And that's the part that kills me is like, if you're outmatched, just because like, the other teams playing better than you. They're more talented than you. They beat you. It is what it is. But frankly, we gave 15 points to the Giants last night from two awful mistakes that they made. So it's just I, I blame the coaches for them not being disciplined. And I think once you get into playoff football with all of these other teams that are higher caliber teams, if you're not playing disciplined football, you're taking dumb penalties, you're not playing with good football IQ, so knowing when to stay in bounds or when to run out, like little, little things like that. Other teams are going to destroy you for those things. Like with the giants, we got away with it with those teams. You're going to get away with it, but that's not the teams that you're playing in the playoffs. So I, unless they can stop taking these dumb penalties and actually play some clean football, then maybe any given Sunday, but it's not going to be any given Sunday when you're taking dumb penalties and you're giving the other team, you know, however many yards a game, like it's, if they continue to play sloppy football, they're, they're going to get knocked out the first round.
0: Yeah. We'll uh, we'll touch on a couple other things. We'll come back from break and uh, yeah, maybe give some like final predictions on where this team heads up. It's like you said, it's kind of tough, you know, without knowing the seating, but we kind of have a good idea um, where the seating is going to be. So uh, when we come back, we'll uh, we'll touch on a couple other things. Cool. All right, we're back. We just, uh, I mean, we want to talk about this game coming up. Not that it's—I I don't think any game's easy with this team anymore. I really, and like I've always been a pessimist as an Eagles fan, but now of all times, I'm like it's kind of justified. So, um, our beloved former defensive coordinator—I I don't think. Anybody can argue that. No, I'm just kidding. But um, Jonathan Gannon coming into Philly, that's that's obviously a, an interesting little tidbit there because, in my opinion, like, he cost us the Super Bowl. Like, I'm always going to die on that hill because in the second half, we had no answer to Mahomes. Like, yes, it's Mahomes. I get that. Cool. But it's like that was just – like, nobody – if you watch that game, like, nobody had any idea where where to go, like – Slay's looking around, Bradbury's like, what do I do? Like, it's, you can't, and then the fact that, like, reports come out, and, like, yeah, it's, who knows if it's 100% accurate, but, like, he was he kind of admitted to, like, preparing to get that Cardinals job as, like, their game planning for the Super Bowl. I'm like, look, you may never, like, Gannon may never get to another Super Bowl in his life, and you took that week to, like, not fully put the gas on, you know, the foot on the gas to, like, really prepare. I'm like... I'll forever I shouldn't say I hate him, but I will forever have like a a poor place in my heart for him.
1: Yeah, I uh I kind of feel the same way about Jonathan Gannon. I just think he benefited from having a very good roster. And I like honestly, I don't see that much difference in how they played last year on defense versus how they're playing this year, other than the <laughs> fact that we that we don't have the same personnel. That's to me that's the only difference. I feel like the scheme is still the same with the defense. It hasn't changed and it's still poor. And I think if Jonathan Gannon had the personnel we have this year, I think it would be the same result. I don't think it would be any different. So, I I'm not that, that concerned about Jonathan Gannon as a whole. There's other things about the Cardinals that concern me, but the only thing that I give him props for, yeah, the team's obviously bad, 3 and 12, but <laughs> he he has them playing hard. And that's the only thing that concerns me about next week is that they're not one of those teams that just kind of rolls over. Um, and I don't expect that to for us. Like not that it's a revenge game for him, but like, you know, he's going to be a little bit extra motivated because it's us. So I think just with the emotional attachment to that and the fact that that team does play hard, I think that's a little bit concerning for the way that we've been playing.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. And like, you got to think he knows like Jalen hurts weaknesses. Like, cause he's, he coached the team or he coached the defense in practice. that went up against Jalen hurts. So it's like, whenever you like, there's so, so much familiarity there. And like, yeah, like you said, not to say they're a good team three and 12, but they have played good teams like hard. Then that concerns me too. Cause I don't even know, are the Eagles a good team? Like I, I yes, they're there. They can be a good team, but you don't, I wouldn't even say you don't know what you're going to expect at this point. Like, you just kind of get uh, an array of, like, okay, there's mental mistakes. There's um, just – receive like, the the play calling is suspect at best. Like, there's a lot of just, like, red flags all over this, this team right now. And, like, I'm not going to go as far as to say, like, the Cardinals will win because I definitely – I never pick against the Eagles, regardless of like they could be playing the the Patriots that went undefeated, you know, in Week Five, and like I feel like they have no shot, but I would still pick them. Um, but like for people that are placing a bet, like to for to say the Cardinals, like, but plus like a plus eleven, I I'd probably hammer that to be honest, because like eleven points in the NFL is kind of a lot anyway. Gannon knows Jalen Hurts and and how this. Yes, and he even knows Brian Johnson because Brian Johnson was on the staff, obviously not the OC, but like he probably knows tendencies of his. Even not even watching film, just just because he knows who he is, and and his coaching style. And then obviously Sirianni. So it's like, I hate that this game like has some significance to it because it is, it kind of screams like trap game a little bit. Um, I'm glad they're in Philly. If this was in Arizona, I really would um, be nervous. But I still think the Eagles probably win this. I just – 11 points to me is – a that might come down before, like, Sunday. I think maybe it may closes to, like, eight, eight and a half. And I wouldn't be shocked at that. Like, the record is a little deceiving. Like, I, I just – I don't know. They have to win this game. Like, absolutely have to but i don't I don't love the matchup. I'll put it that way,
1: yeah, I mean I definitely think eleven is is way too much, so I would definitely definitely do Arizona with the points if I was betting on that but because I don't even know the last time that that we had a game that we handedly beat somebody by two scores and <laughs> right. and even the Giants we it was eight points, so I really don't think like i I think we'll still win, but I don't see them blowing out Arizona. I would love to see it, but I don't think it's going to happen unless, unless they finally fix all those things they keep saying they're going to fix. And I think Kyler Murray is like, I don't, I don't think he's that great, but I think because of the way the defensive line has been playing and that they can't get pressure on the quarterback, I think him being a mobile quarterback is, is going to give them some issues. So that's why I don't see the game being that far um, out, but but I do think, I do think we'll still win. At least probably by like five or so, maybe a touchdown, but but not by two scores.
0: Yeah, hopefully more than like if you're telling me it's gonna be five again, that's like my anxiety goes up because it's like goodness sakes, like it could be a last drive again, like where the Cardinals are like throwing one down the field and we're like hoping and praying it doesn't fall in their hands. Like I'm I'm with you though, because I mean the last time, like you you brought up. When's the last time, you know, they won by double digits? It was that Miami game. And, like, that to me, that game was like the – yeah, because even against, like, the Rams, that was a close game. Uh, Commanders both times they played them. Like, one went to overtime. The other one could have easily been a loss. Um, Like, you look back at the Buccaneers, that was a good win. But really, if you're looking at this, like, the only – games that weren't very close was was really the Buccaneers and the Dolphins and it's like i, I just for the Eagles to put somebody away has seemed to be it, it just seems to be impossible and like especially over this like recent stretch it's been you know they they're not even winning games so like 1 in 3 in the last 4 so yeah i i hope and pray they win i think they will like you said I, i'm with you on that but I'm uh, to say I'm not going to be a little nervous like I'd be lying cuz like the the that's the thing like how how bad does this Eagles team want it? it you watch them and sometimes I kind of it might be inner turmoil it might be you know like chemistry in the locker room that's that's wrong right now but that's where it's like great teams will annihilate good teams that don't have chemistry like I think the Ravens are playing with probably the most team chemistry the 49ers Probably will find it again. They had one bad game. Like, let's be honest. Cowboys, you never know what you're going to get with them. But, like, outside of that, like, the Chiefs have problems, obviously. Mahomes is screaming at everybody on the sideline. Um, the Jaguars are, like, you don't even know if they're going to win a playoff game after the win. Like, they've collapsed probably worse than us. It's like, I don't know. This this year is very strange. There's not, I guess, the, the only two dominant teams were the teams that played last night. Truth be told, like.
1: Yeah. And then you also have Joe Flacco who's about to,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: is about to play playoff game again. So it's like, I don't know, the way that this season has gone and the fact that so many quarterbacks have gone down. Um, just the amount of backups running the league right now and and pushing their teams into the playoffs. It's it's been very odd for sure. Um, I mean, I can't lie, of course I'm enjoying like the fact that Kansas City is like going crazy a little bit too. I'm like, at least it's not just us, like, but, (laughs) but it's, it's definitely been odd. And there's, there's teams now that I wasn't concerned about earlier in the season that now going into the playoffs that I'm like, I I don't even want to see them in the playoffs. And I like the lions, the beginning of the season, I did not think I'd even, I, I thought the lions were a little bit fraudulent. I did not think they were going to be that good. Um, I thought it was fluky that they won the first game against Kansas City, but it's what it is. And But now I'm like, I don't know that I'd want to see them. I mean, at home, like, obviously feel a little bit better, but, but on the road, like, absolutely not. And then now we have to see, like, between the Cowboys and the Lions, and now I'm torn between, well, who do I want to see win that game? So it's just, it's been very, very odd to see the teams that I'm actually worried about now versus the ones I wasn't even thinking about in the beginning.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, and like the way I kind of pulled out, up the uh, the playoff, like the picture, if you if you will, like if the if if the season ended today, the Eagles would be a three seed and they would play the six seed, which is the Rams. So, to me, like that just does not match up well at all. Um, I know the Eagles would be the home team in that matchup, which playoff atmosphere in Philadelphia is is special, um, but like man Matthew Stafford and all the receivers he's got Sean McVay and all the game planning and like just this this defense is Swiss cheese to me like it's it's Ben don't break but it's a lot of like they're gonna break it's a matter of how much breaking are they gonna how much breaking is gonna happen like are they gonna give up 20 are they gonna give up 25 are they gonna get up 35 like who knows um I I didn't have a problem like I, I definitely wanted to hit on this with you before we get out of here is like, I didn't have a problem with them going to um put Matt Patricia at all. Like I, to me, like the way, the way it's unfolded, the how bad they've looked, I'm like, whatever, like, fuck it. At this point, like roll the dice, like see what else, see, see if he has anything else that Sean decide doesn't, because it came out that Sean is not confident this, that, and the third. Like, I'm sure it's hard to be at your first year. Uh, your, things are going kind of, crazy all over the place. And the personnel to me is just poorly constructed. Like I was worried about that coming in. I didn't think Bradbury would be playing this bad. I really, I would never have bet on that, but um, the linebacking core, I was like, you know, when we didn't resign TJ, I'm like, all right, well, what are we going to do? They really didn't do anything. They just got free agents um, that nobody else, I guess, wanted at the time. So it's like, I knew that was good. like t- covering tight ends. I'm like, like, it's terrifying. Like, who's going to cover George Kittle if we see the 49ers? Like, Darius, Le- like, Shaq Leonard, like, he's – the Colts did even want him. You know what I mean? So, it's like – it's – that's where the limitations come in and, like, in, you know, dramatic fashion because I'm like, I just don't see us having a chance there. But, like you said, you bring up the Lions. Like, there's – I still, like, I guess because the lack of success they've had, I'm like – I don't necessarily fear them even though I probably should. Um they're a good team. They're same record as us. Um but like I honestly the Rams would be like a mat like if we got through the Rams somehow like if that's how this would line up and and we play them first round like and we looked like decent like we win by 7 to 10 I'd be like okay we might have a chance to beat I I don't I just don't I don't think we can beat San Fran this year. I, I just I hate to say it. I really can't stand San Fran, but I just don't see how this team can be like as constructed. It's like, and with the play calling, you know, all over the place.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, with San Fran, like there's so many things. I don't even think like, don't get me wrong. They have very, very good skilled players. So I'm not saying that they're not skilled, but their roster talent wise, I don't think is leaps and bounds ahead of ours, which is what is so frustrating to me about San Francisco, because because obviously like there's some kind of new rivalry between us and them. So obviously we hate them now for some reason, but <laughs> um, they their roster is not that much better than ours that it's like that far off. So what frustrates me is just. When a team is run differently and their offense is so much more creative, you see how successful they are, and we aren't that way, even though our roster is not that much different than theirs as far as, like, talent level, which is what frustrates me so much about looking at a team like San Francisco and things like that. And as far as, like, a team like the Lions, like, maybe me saying, like, that I'm afraid of them isn't the right way to put it because, I like, Jared Goff, I don't have faith that he's going to, like, win anything, but (laughs) – (laughs) But I think more so what I'm afraid of is us, like just us doing the things that we've been doing to ourselves all year. I think that's where a team like the Lions are talented enough to take advantage of it. Whereas when we're playing teams like the Giants and the Cardinals, they typically aren't talented enough to take advantage and win the game because of that. A team like the Lions, no, I don't necessarily think they're going to win the whole thing or anything like that, but But I think they're smart enough and they're talented enough that they're going to take advantage when we keep making those dumb mistakes. And that's the problem I have with them not playing clean football is that if you play half decent teams, especially in a playoff atmosphere, they're going to take advantage of those dumb mistakes and that's what's going to cause us to lose the games. So it's more so me knowing that if we don't clean this up, I mean, not believing that we're going to clean it up because they keep saying they will and they don't that's more so where my fear comes from rather than thinking that we are outmatched by the other teams
0: that's that's fair i i do i think it's a combination though because like i really i don't know i just think this team like when they put it together especially like on defense like i really don't have a problem with the offense i i still think if we used um uh what's the, deandre swift more like we would be this team would look a lot different. Like, I really, truly believe that. I think they go away from it. The one thing I will say about Jalen Hurts this year compared to last year, I don't think he – he climbed the pocket a lot more, I think, where now it's like there's blitz in his face. He just runs to the right. And, like, almost every time – like, Lamar can kind of do that and, like, stop on a dime and then just, like, thread it to somebody. Hurts kind of just runs and, like, runs, 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 and, like – finds the sideline and then just throws it towards, you know, the sideline downfield. And like hardly ever, I'd love to see like what his completion percentage is on that. Cause it's like, feels like he never gets those. Like it just, so if you can kind of flush Jalen hurts out of the pocket, uh, it's like he, if he's going to do that, I wish like they would at least have a running back like Gainwell or, uh, or swift in the middle of the field where he can just throw it, get a couple of yards back instead of trying to like whistle it down the, the sideline. Like, where it doesn't ever work hardly, but um, yeah. Well, I,
1: think, I think that's part of the problem, though, with the way that they're calling the offense, because there was one play last night that actually looked somewhat creative, and I can't, I can't exactly remember how it happened, but all I remember is that there was a fake handoff. I think it was to Swift, but this is after Swift already had a couple runs that got pretty good gains, and then after that, they had one running play, I think, that was a QB draw, but there was a little bit of motion going on and they faked out the handoff to Swift and it worked, but it worked because they established that Swift was actually running. And for once it was something that was moving with motion and it looked different. So I think that if they were able to utilize Swift as more of a threat, it would just open things up more for Jalen. Part of the issue is that when they run their plays, because it's so simple, their formations aren't that different every time. So you know when certain things are coming. Like, I think I think it was every time that he is set up under center, he does not throw the ball. So, like, I, I think that's what it was. I can't remember, but it was the one formation that every single time he's in a certain formation, they know he's going to throw the ball. So, if you're going to do that to him, you're already setting him up for failure. And if you're a defense and you know that for a fact, why are you not going to blitz him if you know that that's what they're going to do? Like, so it's things like that that I think they're setting him up For failure, because with it being so predictable of knowing what they're going to do with it, of course, they're going to bring pressure on him because they're like, oh, well, they've done this a million times. Like we know he's going to throw. So so why would they not do that? And then knowing that with Hertz getting all that pressure in his face and he rolls out. Like it's it's basically like you're you're showing them immediately what you're doing and the def- the defense is taking what the offense is giving them, which is supposed to be the other way around. But I feel like the way that they run this offense, they're just televising everything that they're gonna do. And I think that's why Jalen's getting put in these types of situations. But that's just that's how I'm reading it, just because I feel like everybody knows what's coming every play.
0: Yeah. And not just like the touch push. Like obviously they know that's coming, but um, They can't stop it anyway, so it's fine. That 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 is the one like, – that's probably the best thing that's come out of the Eagles this year. And, like, I love – like, my friends will give me non – most of them being Ravens fans and uh, Giants fans. They consistently tell me, like, that's not a football play, this and that. And I loved when Sirian- like Sirianni was pressed on that question, and he said, if everybody could do it, they would. And then he's like – he looks at the camera, if everybody could do it, like – that was like the funniest thing ever to me. I See, I like Sirianni as like a personality. I just don't I've never been sold on him as like like okay, if he's a if he's the head coach but he has his hand out of the offense, I'm probably good with it. Probably. I don't know though because it seems like now he's there just seems to be turmoil, which I don't that concerns me. Like a lot of these other teams like Like look at Pittsburgh. They've uh, yeah, I know it's Kenny Pickett. Like we don't really know what he is, but they've had like team chemistry issues probably the last. I mean, even when Antonio Brown was there, Le'Veon Bell was there. It's like you had Big Ben, who to me is like so damn good, and then like you had a defense that like came and went at times, but was pretty good. But like they always had team chemistry issues. Like the greatest team. Like you think Bill, like Bill Belichick would not stand for that. He'd be like, look. If there's people complaining, we're getting them out of here. Like, And, like, I'm not saying Sirianni is Belichick at all because, like, Belichick can kind of, like, insert this guy, insert that guy, at least on defense, and, like, they'll they'll be fine. Like, they'll find a way to – because they play within the system so well. On offense, they're clueless. Obviously, they've won, like, three or four games this year. But, like, I I just feel like it's almost like an organizational problem from the top down. Like, I think – there's been things that have come out about Jeffrey Lurie, how he's like, I want to be a pass. Like, I, w- I want us to pass a lot. Like, and I'm like, cool. Like, but what works? You know what I mean? Like, balance to me works. If you have a run game and a passing game that's effective, they're not going to be able to stop you. Like, and especially with Jalen Hurts, like with the RPO, they've kind of, like, they still do it here and there, but almost every time it's an RPO, it's just him running. Like, it's also predictable. So, I don't know. I still hold out hope for this team. If we go to the playoffs and, like, lose in the first round, I'll be irate because of the, the amount of ty- uh, talent that we have. But I I just don't know. Like, I have no pulse on. Like, I, I don't think there's, like I already said, I don't think there's much chance we get to the Super Bowl. But I'd almost think, like, if we get to the NFC Championship somehow, some way, and it's against San Fran and we get, like, the doors blown off of us, I would think that's almost worse. Like I don't to like I don't want to see that in any form or fashion. Like I want if we're gonna be in the playoffs, I want it to be competitive. If we lose, we lose. Okay. Address what you have to address in the offseason. But do you think it's gonna be based on results, obviously, but just like gun to your head type of question. Like, do you think Brian Johnson is back here next year as like the OC?
1: Um, I don't know yet, only because <laughs> with yeah. with the way that the whole season was going, I, I did not at all until, I think it was even last week or two weeks ago, Nick was doing an interview and they had asked him something about, it was the week that Matt Patricia got put on as the coordinator and they asked him, they were like, so are you contemplating anything about the offensive side of the ball? And Nick's response was kind of like, he essentially did not put any blame on Johnson and actually took all the blame onto himself. So he was basically like, I think the quote was this is my offense. And he was like, Brian calls the plays, but this is my offense. So Nick kind of took on, all of that ownership of the fact that the offense is the way that it is because he has had a heavy hand in designing it. So if that's the case and that's what came straight from Nick, then that's telling me that he's going to keep Brian Johnson because it's Nick's offense, which I don't I don't think that bodes well for Nick per se if things don't turn it around. But he basically took ownership of the offense and for the way that it's designed and everything like that. Cause he's like, he calls the plays. He's like, he gets a lot of blame a lot of the time because he's the one calling the plays. But, but like, this is my offense and I'm the one that like has a heavy hand in it. So I don't, because he said that, I don't think they will because, because then essentially he just admitted that the offense looks the way that it does because Nick's the one designing it. Whether or not he's calling it, who knows? Like, who knows how much he has involvement in that, which I don't think he has a lot but but he admitted that he's the one that is mostly designing the offense. So I don't think there's going to be a change because that's basically Nick saying that like he fucked up and that the offense is bad <laughs> and he after he just claimed that he designed the whole thing. So I don't I don't think they're going to. That's not what I think they should do, but but I I don't think they're going to because of the way that Nick answered that question and how he's claimed this
0: offensive design. Very fair. Yeah, and I um, I almost think maybe that's, like, coming down from um, how he wrote, maybe not so much how he Roseman, but, like, Laurie, maybe Jeffrey Laurie's like, look, Nick, I want you to... Because if he throws Brian... Like, in that situation, like if he throws Brian Johnson under the bus, it, like, turns into a circus. Like, the media will have a field day because I, I think enough people already want uh, Brian Johnson out. I mean, I even see, like fire Sirianni here and there. I mean, um, you know how Philadelphia is. Like, it's like, this game matters. Last week doesn't matter. Next week doesn't matter. Like, whatever happens here is how people are going to, you know, get their emotions in check, basically. Like, so I I totally get you. Like, you're not wrong. It's just, like, I personally don't know. Like, I think for this team to be ultimately successful, they need – like an offensive-minded, like a guy, that, like a Frank Reich. Like, bring him back. Somebody that's been there, done that. Like, I'm not even saying him per se, but just somebody outside of, like, the organization, outside of Nick Sirianni. Like, I don't want him calling, like, the best way this offense is going to have success. Like, if you had, obviously this is not going to happen, but if you had the opportunity to bring in, like, Sean McVay or, like, um, Kyle Shanahan. Like, just somebody that's, like, bona fide, like, even if it's from college that you know it would fit it would work like i'm i'm more than willing to do that i think brian johnson is i it's so hard to tell because like what you just said like is it really his offense and nick's just kind of like take the bullet for him there i don't know it reminds me of the offense they ran when nick just got here because they abandoned the run completely so um i don't know even like in doug peterson's late days when they were like look uh you know, if you want to keep calling plays like or I'm not not so much that just he's calling plays. It looks so simple and it's like the most boring offensive world to watch. Like it reminds me of that again. And I'm like, how do we get a new? It's just like on defense. Like, how do we get a new staff? And it looks the same way. Is it this organization telling them I want it to look a certain way? I like I don't know. Maybe we're not that connected, obviously, but it's it, it begs the question like, where is this stemming from because it like now it's multiple coaches now it's it's like what's really the problem you know
1: yeah I mean I think like the the craziest thing as far as like the coaching and stuff like that I I personally don't think that Nick was taking a bullet for Brian because of what you were just saying about how looks very similar to the old stuff that we saw from him and things like that and from what I've gathered like Throughout the whole year, Nick's been saying stuff about how involved he is in the offense and things like that. Like, I truly think that Nick is one of those coaches that needs to have a right-hand man. I don't think he's one of those coaches that can kind of just run the whole offensive side of the ball on his own, so to speak. Because I don't think Brian Johnson has that experience yet to really, like, I'm sure he's involved somehow. I'm not saying he doesn't do anything, but I don't think he's experienced enough yet to actually have a large impact on what's going on as far as like the offensive scheme and just the way that the offense looks I think is heavily prevalent on the way that Nick designs things and if you think about it on the offensive side of the ball most of the players the personnel has not changed hardly at all um other than you know not having Miles Sanders anymore but now we have Swift so it's like there's only a couple items that changed on that side of the ball the biggest thing is that the coordinators changed and I don't necessarily put all that blame on Brian Johnson because he's now the new coordinator. But I think because Brian Johnson doesn't seem like, doesn't seem like that like strong position person. That's like Nick's right-hand man, like somebody who can run that whole offense and has a good, like stronghold on that. Not the way that like did. And obviously now seeing with how much success he's had, it's, I think it's obvious now that Steichen had such a huge role in managing that offense and that it was majority Steichen running that offense. Nick, I'm sure, had some involvement in it, but I think Steichen just had so much more like the reins on the situation as opposed to now. I think Nick's the one having to be more in charge of that because Brian Johnson is new to being an offensive coordinator. So I think, I think that's where this issue is coming in because like I said, most of the offensive side of the ball hasn't changed besides the
0: coaching. Yeah. No, once again, I mean, I gotta, I gotta tend to agree. It's, it's an ongoing problem and it's, it's almost like a soap opera. It's like, they, they just keep, keep you having, you keep coming back to see like, okay, is it going to get any better? Is it like, what, how much drama is it going to be this week? Like, I don't, I don't know, but I uh, I definitely appreciate you coming on. Shout out a couple of, uh, the podcast in our in our little close-knit community to check out is the uh, 1420 Sports Podcast. Hopefully we link up with them soon again. Uh, Jim at Fan in the Van, he's kind of uh, kind of happy his Steelers are playing a little bit better, but uh, I don't think he has the highest hopes either for this season, so we got that a little bit in common, I guess you could say. And uh, the two dudes with sports news, so if you check out our show, definitely check them out. Um, this will be posted over on Spotify and all the other podcasting platforms we always upload to um and yeah i gotta thank alex for coming on she knows her stuff like without a doubt um and she's a philadelphia fan so you gotta love that so appreciate you coming on um we'll catch you in the next one hopefully for another eagles win and we'll talk to you later